0: table comes from pier one theater homers community theater supporting community voices schedules and information on pier one productions at 226-2287 and pier one theater.org actually that phone number these days is 907-226-2287 because we have to dial the area code now well, good morning. It is nine oh two. I'm Jay Barrett, and I have uh, Jay Bechtal with the South Peninsula Behavior Health Services uh, uh, on the line. Uh, good morning, Jay. How are you today?
1: Good, thanks, Jay. Appreciate you
0: having me. We've gone over that, haven't we? Yeah. <laughs> ah, sure. You want to repeat it? You are the first. You are the first person named Jay I have uh, ever interviewed, and I've been doing this for forty years.
1: That's pretty good. This is the first time I've been interviewed by someone named Jay. So.
0: It's, it's ah <laughs> yeah there you go well we are talking about uh mental health and uh well kind of the winter blues uh to, as a as a hook for it all i look out my window here this morning uh, pre-sunrise and uh despite it being a winter wonderland it is dark at 9 a.m here and it's going to be dark by four thirty 30 uh, this afternoon um and so we, uh, quite often we talk about mental health issues uh, in the dark of the winter here on public radio in Alaska. I remember one time I was working at KYUK Bethel, and we had a, a regional talk show that rotated between the stations in Barrow, Kotzebue, Nome, Bethel, Dillingham, and Unalaska. And I did a show one time on winter mental health. Unfortunately, it was the day before Thanksgiving, and every single person in Western Alaska just wanted to call and wish Happy Thanksgiving to their relatives elsewhere in the state. So that wasn't, uh, wasn't the best time. So this year, I, we delayed it one week, one week after Thanksgiving. Um, Jay, let me ask you, maybe you could tell us a little bit about uh, South Peninsula Behavioral Health Services and a little bit about yourself before we get uh, too deep here.
1: Sure. So South Peninsula Behavioral Health is a community mental health service. We also work with people with intellectual and developmental disabilities, work with children, adults, families. Uh, we work with people with substance abuse issues. We are not, we're not a detox center, um, but we do work closely with the local uh, providers like um, uh, Set Free, the hospital, uh, NTC, etc to provide those additional services for people with substance abuse issues. Um, we're over on Ben Walters Lane. We have walk-in clinics, so you can walk in any day of the week and get some support. You can call in 24 seven and talk to one of our counselors. Um, we provide emergency services up at the hospital. And then of course we provide your traditional uh, therapy. Come on in every week, every month, every couple months and get a tune up with your counselor. So we do all sorts of things over here.
0: Mhm. Um, is uh, is this time of year um, busier because it gets darker or uh, February when cabin fever sets in or is there Great I think there's got to be a season for winter blues, right?
1: So there's a, there's a concept there's this misconception that uh, issues go up at this time of year. The the what happens generally is, like you said, February is, is a rough month. December is one of those months where everyone feels compelled to hold it together. It's the holiday season. Commercials on TV and on the radio are telling you you have to be with family, you have to be a good cheer. Um, you know, it's a, it's a happy time. And so even people that are struggling with mental illness, depression, sadness, uh, anxiety, at this time of the year, really try and hold it together uh, because they feel compelled to by the societal norms that we have. And then January, February, people fall apart. Bills come due, it's a new year. Um, All of that holding it together so tightly for the last 60 days starts to fall apart. Um, So really what you see is people doing their best to hold it together now and fall apart later, which is really unfortunate because what you should be doing right now Is reaching out for help and saying I feel like crap today, Um, and finding those people you can talk to your support system, um, family members, therapist, teacher, uh, pastor, you know, garbage man, (laughs) whoever, and (laughs) making contact with people and feeling comfortable in discussing how you're feeling, and that's a challenge.
0: Yeah, you know uh, that that brings up a question: How you know? we often hear that depression is not just passing sadness. It's not transient uh, blues one day. Uh, at what point does, does somebody uh, need to decide they should seek help?
1: That's a good question. So one of the nice things that over the past 15, 20 years, we've seen an increased awareness in how mental health impacts people. And if you talk to kids, the youth uh, that are under, say, 25, they've grown up in a time when they can talk more comfortably about how they feel. Um, And so if you are comfortable talking about it, then you can go to your, again, friends, your support, family, doctor, and say, I don't feel good. And if you're not feeling good, and it persists, that's when it starts to be a problem. and if you are sad, having a bad day, feel like staying in bed, tell someone. And then you have someone that's helping you monitor that. And if you stay in bed for a day, maybe two days, and then get up and go back and everything's pretty okay, you're good to go. If you stay in bed two days, then that third day rolls around, and then that fourth day rolls around, um, you or your support system should be saying, this is not normal, this is not how you operate. Uh, and because if that goes unchecked, then those simple symptoms, sadness, don't feel like getting out of bed, start to become the normal for your brain. And then that is when the real clinical depression starts to set in. Um, and so by talking with someone about it, you are taking the first steps at intervening and, and getting your brain back to where it normally operates. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, yeah. You're talking about um, uh, s- setting up your own little support system and having somebody there who can alert you if there are too many days in a row of you f- saying you're feeling bad.
1: Right. And that goes for anything anxiety, um, anger, uh, you know, substance use. If you normally have a beer after dinner and now you're having six beers after dinner that's a big change and somebody should be um, communicating with you about that. What you should do if you, if you're starting to have this extended period of symptoms, staying in bed, anger, anxiety, is you want to talk to your support team. Then you want to go talk to your doctor and say, look, it's been four days. I can't get out of bed because there could be a medical reason for this. Um, And certainly, in Alaska, one of those main reasons is the loss of sunlight and the vitamin D or some of the other uh, chemicals that you get that we don't get here in Alaska the same way you do in other parts of the world. Um, so there could just be something simple take vitamin D pills and suddenly the mood changes and gets back in order. Um, and it could be that there's something else organically wrong with your brain. And you need to step into an additional level of treatment So,
0: mm-hmm. um, hmm. I was just thinking about the uh, the reaching the reaching out um, sometimes when uh, people are, are suffering from uh, some sort of uh, anxiety or mental uh, health issue you know they they become isolated and they start uh, dropping off their their support system their friends you know basically who would be their support system Um, is that something people should watch out for in their friends as well Is uh, uh, increased isolation instead of you know increased communication of feeling bad you know they're just not showing up anymore
1: sure and that's a, a significant symptom and it's why it's important to be comfortable talking about this so as the friend you've noticed that you know Bill hasn't been around for the last three days Um, and and you're like oh I hope he gets better I hope he comes back instead of reaching out to him and saying hey I noticed you haven't been around in three days how's it going how can I help what's going on Um, you have to be comfortable in doing that and just like you would if Bill had been coming to work every day with big bags under his eyes, um, at some point you'd kind of say, hey, is everything okay? Um, and that's challenging because you don't want to interfere. It's it's scary, um, you're uncomfortable doing it. But again, the more you practice it, the better you get. And that's why I re- referred to the the youth these days are much better at these kinds of conversations than and people my age are we've <laughs> mm-hmm. been doing this work for 30 years.
0: <laughs> right, right. Um, you mentioned medication uh, a minute ago. well, uh, additional uh, treatment options, and I was, uh, it made me think about medication, but it also made me think about uh, well, first giving out the phone number two three five seven seven two one. We should uh, uh, remind folks that uh, uh, you can call in. Uh, if you have any uh, uh, questions, we're not giving medical advice here today uh, other than maybe uh, seek help from your provider. But if you have questions about uh, mental health and the uh, winter blues and maybe uh, looking for some strategies or something, we've got the guy here uh, uh, for you, Jay Bechtel with South Peninsula Behavioral Health. Uh, but I was thinking about the uh, you know, uh, medications, but it got me thinking about uh, a few years ago, Alaska legalized um marijuana uh okay. commercial sales of marijuana recreational use uh it, it had been legal in the state for a long time but not as easy to get have have uh, medical professionals mental health professionals noticed any change in uh overall mental health in in uh, society after since the uh, opening of sales
1: that's a great question i i don't know um hmm. I think what we've seen over the past two years is an increase in substance misuse. Um, How much of that is specifically tied to marijuana? I don't know. Um, That's a good question. Mm -hmm. I I would tell you that if you looked back over 10 years of of our census, the number of people coming in with the number of complaints or different issues, it's pretty steady. Um, there's little fluctuations here and there, but nothing that would pop out to me and say, huh, what happened in 2017 that was so different? Um, so I, I haven't noticed that.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, you talk about substance abuse. I, I read something uh, disturbing last week, I think. It might have been the week before. Uh, overdose deaths in America this year uh, hit a record high. Yep. And uh, you just got to believe that's, uh, you know, uh, part of the symptom of that uh, behind that is just everything we've been going through in this uh, society for the last two years now. Um, what have you... Huh, I'm not sure how to ask this question. What, what do you think about that increase in uh, in the overdose? I understand there's also increases in suicide and spousal abuse. Uh, uh, it might be a good time to bring up the COVID, uh, how much has our mental health uh, been eroded by by this? So the uh,
1: the statistics are at least to the end of year 2020. There was this big discussion that suicide rates had gone up, um, and at the end of 2020, it was discovered that that wasn't true. The suicide rate across the state, across the nation, were pretty standard. There was a shift in the percentage of uh, uh, the, age, the age distribution. Um, younger people, ages 16 to 24, 28, were killing themselves at a higher rate than they had been previously while the older population, the suicide rate went down. The overall effect was sort of flat for suicide. Um, substance abuse went up uh, significantly and like you mentioned uh, deaths from overdose either intentional or unintentional went up um, uh, the stats are not out for 2021 yet but I think we will see a very similar thing and like you mentioned uh, on on track to be the highest uh, year ever um, and yes we have certainly seen that uh, and i think if you talk to set free the hospital the milchik tribe uh, everyone they they would say they have seen an increased need for those services um, spousal abuse uh, I, just to, uh, for from us for our from our perspective we have not seen a significant increase in that part of that is we're not seeing people the same way we were so before the covid uh, people would come into the office and we would see them in person as we've gone through this pandemic many of our services have switched to online where you're seeing someone's face on a screen and so you don't always get the full picture of some of those things and where you might have sitting in a room with someone noticed a new bruise um you're not gonna notice that on a video screen the same way. So it, it's not just that, the, that there's been an increase, it's been there's been a um, lack of awareness from the people that would notice those things. People aren't going to the doctors at the same rate, that's a, that's a place where it's noticed. Uh, people aren't coming into therapy at the same rate in person, that's a place where it's noticed. And so, yes, what you've seen is an increase without it being noticed as much. Uh, and the same goes for child abuse. Now that schools are back in session, um, we we firmly believe we'll see a, an increase in the reporting of child abuse because that's where a majority of child abuse reports come from. Teachers and faculty notice these things. Um, but yes, when you're stuck at home because there's a lockdown, because you're working from home now, um, the chances of those instances go go way up because that's where you are Mm -hmm. so yes we're dealing with that as i think most agencies therapists across the community and across the state and across the country are
0: it must be challenging to um provide quality care when you're not face to face with somebody it
1: so it's it's a mixed bag um what we find is people are much more available. So an individual that might only that might miss two or three appointments is now coming to those appointments. So it's, oh. it's you're getting them on the screen, um, but you may not be getting the full picture. So it is a bit of a mixed bag. Um, <laughs> I know I
0: wish it was perfect, <laughs> but right, right. You know, Either way is, is quite perfect yet. Uh, this is The Coffee Table. I'm Jay Barrett. My guest is Jay Becketall with South Peninsula Behavior Health Services. We're talking about uh, winter blues and uh, mental health, and uh, we are taking your calls, 235-7721, if you would like to ring us up. Uh, Jay, I'm reminded of uh, something that uh, former Anchorage Daily News columnist and uh, uh, former State House Representative Mike Dugan once wrote uh, he said winters in Alaska are a lot like mercury poisoning the effects are cumulative <laughs> yeah. do, you, do you find more uh, uh, grey beards like myself uh, coming in uh, after spending uh, 50 years in, uh, of winters or um, is, it, uh, is it not as cum- cumulative as uh, uh, Mike Dugan would like to think
1: well, here's what I'll tell you about all mental health. Um, it is so individualized, it's hard to make sweeping statements. Um, because what you may actually have is someone who has toughed it out uh, for a long period of time and has finally reached a breaking point. It, does it mean it's because of its accumulation of winter or it's because? They were raised that you don't talk about your mental health problems. Uh, you know, I, I appreciate what he's saying, but I will tell you, you have individuals that thrive in wintertime. Um, what's that about? What What does their brain allow them to do that someone that hibernates doesn't have in their brain? Um, so it, it's so individualized that it's hard to make sweeping statements like that. It is a uh, I think what it is, it's a good reminder that it's not just a one-time take care of it. Mental health is a lifelong process. For me, for you, for someone that's struggling with depression right now, for someone that uh, can't sleep in the summertime when it's sunny all the time and their anxiety ratchets up because they're not sleeping. So, you know, it's going to vary from individual from in to individual, uh, and and. But the more people talk about things like that and say, it's like mercury poisoning, the more opportunity people have to come out and say, hey, that's me. I've been suffering for the past five winters, and I'm going to say something about it now. And that's Mm. perfect. So the more you can talk about it and and be open with yourself and your supports about it, the better chance you have of getting through it.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. We had a uh, caller uh, with, a, with a question. We'd like to uh, uh, hear more from you about um, statistics showing domestic violence uh, going up. Is this, uh, uh, how, is that, um, how does your organization respond uh, when you see or if you see an increase like that?
1: So a couple things. We are, of course, mandated reporters, both for child abuse and for adult, adult protective services. Um, So we have policies and practices for notifying uh, OCS, notifying the police, notifying the state troopers if we feel it is at that level. Um, For our staff, if we notice that there is an increased anything, uh, depression, anxiety, spousal abuse, um, we have multiple groups and therapists meet on a regular basis to talk about trends that they're seeing. And we try and and not navigate, but um, create programming that meets the needs of the community at the time. Um, So we will have parenting groups. uh, We will have uh, special groups that focus on anger and substance abuse. We will have special groups that focus on recovery um, based on the need of the population of clients that we're serving at the time. I don't know if that makes sense, but Basically, we take the pulse of the 350 people that are receiving services from us and identify themes and and, and make groups around those.
0: Oh, okay. Okay, sure. Um, you mentioned, uh, 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 I don't know if it was treatment, but, um, you know, for... Um, sp- spouse abusers, uh, domestic violence uh, treatment. You know, I've always wondered, is, uh, how effective is that? You know, I, I don't personally, thankfully, have any experience and I haven't talked to any friends who may have, uh, uh, you know, is this, um, I mean, obviously it, it keeps going, so it must work to some level. Uh, maybe I'll just stop asking the question there and let you answer it.
1: So uh, let me make sure I understand the question. Is it does does therapy help reduce domestic violence?
0: Yeah, yeah, right? yeah,
1: yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, like anything, if it is caught early, yes, it does. Um, if it's caught later, then you're really in a a different kind. It'd be like late stage cancer. You're going to try and do your best to make everything comfortable but you're gonna be hard pressed to cure it. And the best thing you can do is separate the individuals and help the one that's being abused escape that situation, reestablish an identity and move on and help the individual that's the abuser get out of that relationship and start reestablishing their own identity that doesn't include abuse. Because at some point, the harm that's caused between the two individuals is going to be so much that uh, you're not going to be able to heal that um for for the relationship you your your goal is to heal them as individuals um but sometimes the it's the relationship is so damaged that you're not going to be able to and that's going to vary but again the earlier you can intervene um the better chance you have of reconciling that relationship and there's also uh for those of you that are listening Um, Haven House in the community for uh, battered and abused women. Um, So if you feel that you are in a relationship and don't know what to do, you can call up Haven House and they can be of support and they can help you get on your feet again. Um, Also, if you feel you're in an abusive relationship, you can talk to your doctor, talk to your pastor, um, talk to your friends and get some help and support. um, Talk to your therapist and get some support so you can start making a plan to get out of that abusive relationship.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. You mentioned reestablishing, what did you say people to reestablish their, their identity, own personal identities. Uh, Tell me more about that. I'm intrigued by this. Uh, Go ahead. So
1: if you stay in an abusive relationship, for an extended period of time, uh, you become identified now as the victim or the abuser, and your personality becomes that. Uh, it's just like any other illness. If you again going back to the depression idea, if you're sad for a couple of days, you're sad. Um, if that continues for an extended period of time, you become clinically depressed. Same thing with abuse. If you become a victim of abuse. Uh, One weekend, your spouse gets drunk and beats you. And that following Monday, you're like, done with that. And you step away from it. You have, in effect, cured yourself and moved on. Um, But that's a challenge. And so if you stay in that relationship, you slowly become identified as a victim. And then at some point in the future, uh, you separate from the abuser and the abuser goes one way and you go the other way you are still in that victimhood and it takes a lot of work to move you back to the identity of not being a victim of being where you were prior to the abusive relationship getting started Um, and that takes therapy practice good support system and healthy relationships Uh, just like any of these illnesses same thing would go for a substance abuse person if you're using a substance and you get sucked into using substance and it becomes an addiction, when you hit recovery, you want to separate from the lifestyle that was causing you to be addicted and get to a healthy lifestyle support system, friends, relationships that support the recovery lifestyle um, so Yes, you can absolutely recover from an abusive relationship. Um, the longer you're in one, the harder it is to recover. Just like anything, that's why early intervention is so good and important. Hmm.
0: Uh, yeah. That, that. I guess I have seen that. You're right. Um, do you have figures on domestic violence statistics? Uh, their don't. their rate. Oh, okay.
1: Sorry, I thought I I have uh, (laughs) some others, but not that.
0: Okay, no, that's okay. Uh, It is 9.30. You're listening to The Coffee Table. I'm Jay Barrett. I am talking with Jay Bechtol, who is the, uh, I'm sorry, CEO. I don't think I mentioned your title. CEO of South Peninsula Behavior Health Services. (laughs) Does that work for you? (laughs) Did I just give you a... a,
1: It tries to tell the way of the people doing the actual work. <laughs> Let's
0: put it that way. Boy, that sounds like my job description. Well, <laughs> no. uh, and we are talking about the winter blues and uh, mental health. It is nine thirty-one. We are going to take a quick dance break here. Dancing, of course, being uh, important to mental health. And Very we'll be important. back with the coffee table here in just a couple of minutes. It is 9.36. Good morning. I'm Jay Barrett. You're listening to The Coffee Table. Uh, Today we are talking about the winter blues and uh, mental health and uh, what to do about it. My guest is Jay Bechtel. He's in charge over at South Peninsula Behavior Health Services here in Homer. And uh, we've been talking about all sorts of uh, aspects of uh, mental health, be it... uh, um, Uh, you know uh, seasonal affective disorder or uh, the covid all manner of things Uh, if you have a question you can give us a call at 235-7721 and uh, we'll get you on the air or you can leave a question with uh, uh, the fine folks who are answering the phones this morning uh jay uh do i do i still have you there i guess i should check Uh, i'm still here all right excellent uh you know i should tell our listeners the way. Yeah the way we do radio these days is uh I am in my home and you're probably at your office and uh, uh there are two people at the radio station who are uh, <laughs> doing the things that I'm trying to get out of the way of as you put it before so <laughs> um you know I was uh, during the dance break uh I was looking looking through your uh, uh Organization's uh, website here, and on the uh, our services page, uh, uh, you provide a lot more than just uh, mental health uh, counseling. There, could you talk about some of the uh, organization or um, programs you have? Uh, There's housing and uh, rehab, and uh, uh, programs for people with developmental disabilities. Um, Sure. Can you talk a little bit more about those services, please? Sure. Sure.
1: So we have a intellectual developmental disabilities program that helps people that have a variety of identified disabilities, uh, hearing um, Down syndrome, autism, uh, traumatic brain injury, etc. And we provide all sorts of support for those people. The, The individuals that come in for that service get authorized through the state of Alaska for a smorgasbord of services that is identified by the individual, their guardian, if they have a guardian, and a state-sponsored individual. So they have a, a whole bunch of services available to them, and we provide that. So they would come, knock on our door, and say, hey, the state has said I can have these services. Can you provide them? And we say, sure, come on in. And that is in the community, at home, uh, at schools, across the Southern Peninsula. And that has been part of our service for about 30 years. And we work, a lot of people in the community know that service as Pride. And it's at the building next to the courthouse across the street from McDonald's. That one has been challenging during the pandemic because senior disability services, the state agency that oversees that service uh, immediately back in March of 2020 kind of closed things down. Um, So we really had to change the way we provided that service because many of the individuals in that program are at higher risk uh, of of contracting COVID. So um, it has been a challenging couple of years for those staff, those families, and those clients that receive that support. We're slowly getting back into what looks what looked like service uh, prior to COVID. Um, we have a mental health facility here. A lot of people refer to it as the center, uh, which is a mental health clinic, psychiatrists, therapists, kids, families, couples, adults, uh, everything from depression to schizophrenia and we work with anybody that walks in the door you come knock on the door say i'd like services Uh, we had i hate to say gotten up to about four a five week waiting list Uh, our clinical director's been working hard with her team and just gotten that back down about three weeks we do have an agreement with homer medical uh, and if you are receiving substance abuse support there, and you need mental health, uh, they can call us, and we'll get you right into the next meeting that week. Um, but outside of that, it's it's about a three week wait. I wish it was immediately, but we're 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 working towards that.
0: Uh, um, I see on your website. Services. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I see on your website uh, that you have um, quite a few positions available.
1: Yes, if you're interested in working with people, we've got jobs. <laughs> I'd love to say that we were the only ones in town hiring, but I think it's a, a statewide, nationwide issue right now. But if you are interested in working with people, we're the place to come and work with people.
0: Awesome. Absolutely. Uh, I interrupted you. Go ahead with uh, your description <laughs> of uh, the things you do there. uh the-
1: Sure. For our adults and children, uh, we have what's called rehab services, which are additional mental health services that allow a staff member to work with the individual in a more community setting, be it a school, be it uh, at their work site, um, at home, providing intensive help towards a specific goal. So if you struggle with anxiety, We might work with you in the community on how to reduce that anxiety in community settings, develop social skills to manage those symptoms, et cetera. Uh, And then we have residential programs that we provide support in. So they're not our residential program. People live there, have a rent with their landlord, and we rent an office in those residences and provide support to the people that live there in a variety of ways. and then we do the emergency services where we work with the hospital. Uh, anyone that might be having a psychiatric emergency, hospital calls up and we do the assessment and, and help out in that manner. And that, that covers the most of it. We do have a mm-hmm. really innovative program that is, comes through the state and the University of Dartmouth, which is called IPS, which is individual placement and support And what that is, is uh, an individual with a mental illness says, you know what? I would like to work as part of my recovery. Uh, Our IPS team is in contact with about 80 businesses across the Southern Peninsula and provide an opportunity for that individual to have competitive employment. So we're not they're not holding places. They are, in fact, having to interview and get the job competitively. But then the staff work with the business and the individual to manage issues that might come up during that employment. And what we find is that meaningful employment is a significant uh, contributor to recovery and wellness for people. Um, People that go through that program find competitive meaningful employment their recovery rate is much higher than just someone in traditional therapy so that's one of the new and fun things that we're doing and so any of you businesses out there that haven't already met nate or john um keep your eyes open or give us a call and we'd happy to come by and chat about that program
0: oh that sounds terrific um i also see here uh you also provide uh support for um uh, the LGBTQ plus community. Um, yes, you know I, I, I have a couple of friends who who uh, have transitioned, and uh, I, I know for a fact that uh, boy, mental health services were very important to them. Uh, uh, could you talk a little bit about um, that? Sure. So,
1: anyone that is uh, trying to navigate the still muddy waters of having a sexual identity, uh, having a gender identity that does not fit in with what many people in the United States consider okay, it can be challenging. um, Because you're not just dealing with individual concerns or family concerns, you're dealing with a whole society that struggles with recognizing you as a person. How painful must that be uh, to know that there's people that don't want you to be you? Uh, uh, I I, anyway. Uh, So yes, we work with anyone that needs that support, and not just us. There are numerous therapists in town um, that that work with people that are struggling to acknowledge, recognize. Um, come out about their sexual identity, their gender identity um, and and studies show the more you are able to talk about it um, identify yourself in a way that you feel comfortable uh, I have your support team support and identify you in the way that you feel comfortable, the better chance you have of leading a happy, wonderful life. Uh, hiding in the shadows, um, feeling guilty about who you are is, is rough, and it does not make for a good uh, lifestyle. Um, so the opportunity to come out, and share, is, is huge in helping with your mental health. Um, and we provide a space where you can practice that learn how to talk about it, learn how to um, talk with your support team, family, friends, uh, coworkers about it in a manner that works for you. Um, it's, it's a really good topic right now, Jay. Um, and there are, other, like I said, there are numerous agencies around town, individuals around town, across the street from us, catchmak Bay Family Planning. They have a program in the back called the Rec Room, which is for youth. Uh, and I know the youth have a regular LGBTQ uh, support meeting. And I, again, going back to the youth of today, much more versed, much more open, much more able to talk about gender differences, sexual sexual preference differences, um, sexual identities, than than us, than the older gang and i think they're going to be the generation that really changes the way our country um, deals with this
0: so Mm -hmm. more
1: power to the more power to the youth
0: yeah absolutely uh you know what you said about uh talking about it uh you know for folks uh you know normalizing it for for them themselves and others uh you know i think is uh uh so important, and I think that's the thing that a lot of uh, people who don't understand who aren't um, up to speed on this, perhaps uneducated or or maybe they just have biases, you know what they don't understand is that um, the people are talking about it so that they can work through it for themselves they're not you know putting it in people's faces just for the sake of putting it in people's faces. This is for their mental health
1: that's right. Uh, yeah. People like to think that it's somehow, uh, if I identify as, um, they, them, that somehow impacts their life. Uh, it, it doesn't, it's, it's a way to help someone impact their own life. Um, yeah. And, and again, talking about it, normalizing it, um, learning about these things only makes for a stronger community. Mhm.
0: And um I'm going to tell i tell you a little story. I've got a, a friend uh I yeah, he, he uh he visited Kodiak and I met him there. He was a journalist, traveling journalist, and I was working at KMXT and uh you know, we we chatted and uh you know, got to know him. Nice young fella, uh, beautiful girlfriend a uh, couple years later you know we were friends online a couple years later he uh, announces that uh, well he and his girlfriend aren't together anymore and he is now with uh, a a i'm not sure i'm going to get the proper order of the pronouns right here but okay. a, a trans man uh okay. very attractive and um he's now very happy about it and it uh it took me by surprise because I had I didn't know him that well. I didn't know anything about his sexual identity or anything, mm-hmm. uh, but it led to uh, a great conversation. I said, "This is a surprise to me," and he said, "It's a surprise to a lot of people." And you know, <laughs> then he, uh, uh-huh. you know, it's just being open about, you know, what your friends are doing. I guess I don't know.
1: Yeah, it it really is, and being open to being educated
0: is huge.
1: Instead of saying, "My understanding is men date women, women date men, and that's it," uh, and saying, "Hey, this is can you can you educate me about this? Can I? I really you're my friend. I like you. Uh, I want to learn more. I want to be respectful. I want to know how you prefer to be identified." Is is so? Just being respectful is so huge instead of dismissive um, because it's you you can't possibly know everything about everyone uh, but what you can do is learn about people Um, and if you want to be respectful learn about people
0: there you go Uh, we had another caller with a question here they wanted to know about uh, the place of uh, uh, exercise in improving mental health
1: yeah Oh, please. So mental health is all about your brain chemistry and the way that different chemicals impact your brain. Exercise releases chemicals into your brain, and it makes you feel better. Uh, So exercise is always one of those um, uh, tools that you have to help combat uh, not feeling well. Absolutely, the more you can exercise. Again, it's personal. Various people get various levels of chemicals from exercise. But in general, if you're not feeling great, exercise is one of those things that can help you feel good. Here's the challenge. When you're feeling sad, depressed, down, getting up to do the exercise becomes the challenge. How do you, when you don't feel like getting out of bed, how do you go walk for a mile? And again, that's where your support team comes in handy. You know, you've been in bed for two days now, Jay. Let's go for a walk. I don't feel like going for a walk. I understand. But remember, it's been three days you're in bed. We discussed that when you're in bed for three days, I'm supposed to come help you get out. I'm here to do that. Let's go for a walk. Um, But exercise is huge. Uh, and, and, And there's a routine component to exercise that helps many people as well. If you know you exercise at 8 o'clock every morning, 5.30 every night, those kinds of routines are also very helpful to mental health. So, uh, Really? Yes, I would encourage exercise uh, to anybody.
0: Mm-hmm. T- tell me about routines and mental health.
1: So, again, uh, the brains uh, traditionally are pattern-seeking. So if you get in the pattern, going back to the domestic violence, in the pattern of every Friday night, your spouse beats you up, your brain becomes, that's the pattern, and that becomes the normal. Um, So if you're developing healthy routines, your your brain becomes healthier because it's following a routine that's healthy. Every night at bedtime, I brush my teeth, I read for half an hour, I put on Beethoven's Ninth Symphony, and I drift off to sleep. healthy routines for bedtime, healthy routines around eating. Uh, I don't eat whenever I feel like it. I eat at uh, 8 o'clock noon, 4.30 snack, 7 o'clock dinner. Um, When you develop those routines and habits, it helps your brain become healthy in those patterns. Uh, So anything you can do to help establish Routine is healthy for your brain, or conversely, unhealthy if you're establishing bad routines and bad habits um, and i 'm sorry, bad is judgmental, but <laughs> the habits that are detrimental to your your brain health
0: mm-hmm. sure uh, you know we were talking about uh, about uh, you know exercise and uh, activities and stuff. Um, kids often complain that there 's nothing to do, but then you often see. Uh, you know, families with uh, parents who have sk- their kids scheduled, uh, you know, from from sunup to sundown. Um, mm-hmm. I, I imagine there's a healthy balance in there, and people should recognize where that is in whoever they're scheduling for, right?
1: Absolutely. You yeah. should uh, always allow for free play, um, whether you're an adult or a kid. Um and again, you can schedule that time from 3 to 5 after school, Johnny. You can ride your bike, throw snowballs, climb a tree, whatever. It's your time. Um, but at 5 o'clock, we're going to have dinner, set the table, do chores. At 6, we're going to do homework. But so that 3 to 5 time becomes important to the individual. This is their time to do all those other things that they can do. Uh, and that's not just helpful for mental health, it's helpful for development. Um, if a child or an individual adult has time that's their responsibility, you're developing that skill of self-reliance, um, self-soothing, uh, self-awareness, etc. So, yeah, uh, it is challenging because mm-hmm. you do want to take care of your kids, uh, make sure that they're engaged in doing things. But at the same time, you want to give them an opportunity to explore the things that they want to explore. So that's always a fun one. And it goes, just as well for adults. You've got to have that time as an adult. You don't know how many adults I've told. Do you take a break at noon during lunch to, I don't know, check your email, play a video game, call your friend? Oh, no, I work the whole time. Dude, you got a half an hour to take,
0: do something you don't have to <laughs> yeah yeah. Yeah, that. yeah 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 i know what you mean i uh i worked at a newspaper once and it, so many of us are still at our desk with our lunch um yeah. that uh yeah the, the editor said no no you're taking a lunch away from your desk so yeah, yeah. that is healthy yeah. uh we are just about out of time uh jay i want to thank you so much for uh Good talking job. with us today and uh Uh, All this great information. Uh, Do you have any last words to send people out here on December 1st on this gray day to uh, um, buoy them for the winter Uh, or maybe Uh, just the next few hours?
1: (laughs) I'll do it as quickly as I can. Winter is a slow time of the year. It's okay for things to slow down. It's okay for things to feel different. Um, The only thing I would encourage you to do... is talk to your friends your support system whatever that may be and say here's how i'm feeling today here's what's happening this feels great this feels normal this feels different this does not feel good so that you're constantly aware of your own feelings emotions responses to the snow the weather the darkness no salmon too much salmon and that you're using other people in your supports to take care of yourself because you got to take care
0: of yourself. Excellent. Great advice. I, re- I really do appreciate it. Jay Bechtal with South Peninsula Behavior Health Service has been our guest here on the coffee table talking about the winter blues and uh, mental health. This show will be posted online here, uh, well, before noon, I'm pretty sure. So you can check it out there at kbbi.org. Jay, thank you very much, and have uh, terrific holidays and a great winter.
1: Jay, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: All right. Take care. Okay. This is The Coffee Table, and support comes from Pier 1 Theatre, Homer's community theatre, supporting community voices. Schedules and information on Pier 1 Productions at 907-226-2287 and pier one theaterorg I'm Jay Barrett. Thanks for joining us.